Uh, g'day, teabaggers. Uh, oh, speaking of g'day, teabaggers, let's get into the plugs just straight away. Uh, we have a new T-shirt that says G'day, teabaggers on it. Uh, and it's Charlie and I in a cup of tea. There's some Batman steam. It's available at a store. Go there, buy a T-shirt. Uh, Angelo found some old ones for the... Uh, Black Wednesday sale he had um, at Astoy. So go onto the Astoy website, uh, check out the Tofop page. There's heaps of stuff there. So buy some merch and that way we have a little bit of uh, funds for our special live 100th show that we talk about in this podcast that you can't buy tickets to if you haven't already because I put it on the Facebook page on Friday afternoon and on Saturday it was all sold out. So thank you so much for your amazing support of our live shows. It's It, it really is incredible. Um Obviously, the more you support them, the more of them we're going to do. So that's the good news. So if you missed out this time, uh, hopefully in 2015, we'll do a few more live shows. But thank you to everyone who uh, bought tickets to that show. Speaking of shows at the Sydney Comedy Store, I have my week of uh, my improv shows, what you're talking about, Will. Uh, They're over 70% sold out. The Saturday night's already completely sold out. So if you want to come along and see those shows, uh, maybe you're coming to the TOEFL on the Sunday afternoon, you want to come see the improv show later or whatever, you want to get tickets now. Don't wait until those shows are on, because I think they're all going to sell out beforehand. <coughs> mm, oh, I'm so healthy. Anyway, I am a little bit jet-lagged. I had a great show last night as I got off the plane um, with Dave Anthony. Thanks to everyone who came out and watched us do that tonight. Uh, I'm sure people won't hear this in time, but I'm at Meltdown. Uh, it's raining and pouring and windy and horrible here in LA for once, and so I don't know if anyone's going to come out tonight, but I'm doing an awesome show at Nerd Melt. Three comics doing 25 minutes each. Uh, Jared Carmichael, who's... Like, pretty much the hottest young comedian on the scene, and uh, Maria Bamford, one of the uh, all-time greats, Maria Bamford, and myself doing that show. Tonight, from Wednesday, I'll be at uh, Helium in Philly. Come out and see those shows. If you're in Philadelphia, please uh, come out and say good day. I don't know anyone there. It's my first time there, so come out. Tell me where to go. Tell me if there's any good vegetarian restaurants or if uh, anyone has, uh, uh, you know, a uh, little survival pack for me. Always appreciate it. <laughs> What else? Um, okay, next week. Uh, next week I'm in Denver. Um, speaking of uh, survival packs, I will be in Denver at Comedy Works downtown, one of my favourite clubs in the entire country. So if you're in Denver, please come out and check out the show. That'll be really fun too. After that, what you talking about, Will, as I mentioned, at the Sydney Comedy Store. And then uh, January 19, the big final show of the Illuminati tour. Uh, thanks to everyone who came out, by the way, in Melbourne and uh, Perth and Darwin. We had great shows. Thanks to Justin Hamilton. Great to have him back on the tour. He's doing amazing work. And uh, thanks to Becky Lucas and Limo and Chamber, who all did sets down at the Comics Lounge and all the crowds that came out for those those really, really fun shows. So uh, the final night, January 19th, Sydney Opera House. Don't miss this. We're going to film it all for a big special. Justin's going to do support. Uh, it's already uh, more than half sold out. So maybe if you're looking for a, a Christmas present or something like that, buy someone a ticket to the Opera House. It's going to be an awesome, awesome night. After that, this is, I mean, I can't believe I'm already having to plug this, but uh, Free Will is on sale. It's on sale in Melbourne, Brisbane, and Adelaide at the moment. So Adelaide Fringe, Brisbane Comedy Festival, and Melbourne Comedy Festival tickets are on sale. So if you want to get in quick for things like Tight Ass Tuesday or Cheap Preview Nights or any of those sort of things, uh, now is the time to get in on those things. So, uh, all right, that'll do. I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh yeah, it's been a jet laggy couple of weeks. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye, Tasha. Cheers. The following episode of Tofop is rated MA. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language.
TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. That's awesome. Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about Batman like usual. <laughs> World was what? It's free, you know. I travelled through time. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello. The AFL talk has started early this time. Yeah, we did start a lot of AFL talk off air. Yeah, I thought just get it out of my system. So it's not like the kind of, you know, slow five minute start that it normally is when we haven't seen each other for a while and we have to talk about footy i mean well i'll tell you what Gemma's theory about that is she's okay. been observing okay she's gone I, oh i realize what that's why guys watch football and i said why it's gone it's so you've got something to talk about yes and i'm like i don't understand how women talk to, about to, to each other at all what do they talk about <laughs> How do you meet a stranger if you don't know about football? Football just gets me through every awkward... Like, if I'm in a cab or mm. I have to talk to some fucking dude I don't know who's, like, the boyfriend of some girl that we have to hang out with, yeah. like... It's an, instant, to, right. it's, it's an instant common language. We can talk about that ages. Yeah. And I can work out what sort of guy he is from that conversation. Yeah. Then I can decide whether I want to know other stuff. You know what? You know what I... Do you, have you ever had a guy who is pretending that he knows about AFL? Pretending like he's humoring you. Yes. And you realize early in the conversation that he's not actually really a football supporter. Right. What do you do in that situation? Uh, I like to torture them with really obscure references and facts and see if they... <laughs> so you go all in. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to say it's like when you're in primary school and you used to trick a kid by saying, oh, my God, did you see Ghostbusters last night? It's like, yeah, yeah. How was that when that hawk landed and took that guy away? Yeah, it's awesome. Ha <laughs> ha. You didn't watch Ghostbusters. That didn't happen. That's, That's like the finish to every episode of Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> What's so, oh, It's that TV show about geniuses for idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the marketing? That's my marketing of that show. I've watched every episode. It's terrible. It's based on this real life guy who's this like super genius. He's like got he's got a higher like IQ than Einstein. Yeah, one of the top five brains in the entire world. And he started working for the like the FBI or the CIA or like whatever. He had this task force of other geniuses, right? Yeah. So they've all got these like you know so specialties. There's, there's maths guy, right? There's a guy who's really good with computers. He's yeah. like the fat nerdy agoraphobic digits like, or something. Digits, yeah, <laughs> digits. Yeah, and then there's like um, MS dots. There's the Asian girl who's good at breaking into things. And How like, is that a genius skill? I don't know. She's got some other There's a guy skills. who shoots a bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> There's like the charming hustler sort of like... Con man. Guy, con man sort of guy. Well, that would be a genius. I can believe that. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's the one who goes to Vegas and like plays all the tables and stuff because like they can all count cards and be super geniuses. And yeah, sure right. But none of them can relate. So they have this woman who works for them because she's an ordinary person. She helps them relate to the real world. Yeah. But she has an autistic son. Oh. Yeah. It's a terrible show. <laughs> it sounds a really good premise. And, uh, and the Terminator's in it. Robert Patrick? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, he plays like, the old like uh, 
FBI slash CIA slash whatever agent. <laughs> Do you and think he recruited the the main guy, like the the guy who it's based on? Yeah. He recorded him. He re- he uh, recruited him as a kid because like when he was eight or whatever, he like broke into NASA so he could get their plans for his like wall. In, in his, and so he got recruited, but then he got betrayed by Terminator because um <laughs> like the computer program that he wrote to drop uh, food, aid, yeah, aid oh, and yeah. food, like, like in these foreign lands, was actually used to drop what Charlie. Bombs. bombs with no food in them at all not wow. banana bombs nothing just so bombs. how is that possible like the planes fly around carrying bombs and food at the same time because it sounds like <laughs> recipe for disaster if you've got like that's actually button a is bombs button b is food it's like you know they're actually filming a reality show called recipe for disaster <laughs> and they combine chefs with soldiers and they drop them into military situations <laughs> yeah and you have to deal with whatever you get so sometimes like the soldiers come to their fall yeah. but sometimes the chefs it's really there yeah moment to show just like villagers running out holding their plates to the sky and right. fucking like one megaton bombs it's, chopped a, the whole village. it's a ticking mystery box if yeah. you will yeah that sounds horrendous how did we get onto that uh i don't know oh well actually now i've got just cut this bit i've got something to tell you off air okay <laughs> well i don't have to cut that I yes just, you do why ah oh, because it's like an awkward pause Oh, oh, we're cutting awkward pauses out of the podcast now? <laughs> Good point. All right, if someone wants to go back and re-edit every episode of this podcast, take out the awkward pauses. <laughs> Not go for five minutes each. <laughs> <laughs> They're repackaged. I really like them now. <laughs> remastered. I wonder if we did do that, right? Just like you know, Led Zeppelin stuff remastered. Yeah. I wonder how much... I like that that's who we're comparing ourselves no, to. No, no. Led Zeppelin. I just... I just wonder how we want, much. No, no amount of money will get us back together. Whatever falling out we have, yeah. there will like uh, we will because Jimmy Page just turned down like billions of dollars. Basically, don't they get together every like few years? No, not the entire original lineup. There's really? some bad blood there somewhere. Oh, right? Yeah, but so whatever happens with us, yeah. there's some big falling out, and no matter that amount of money, we're like, no, we're never podcasting again. And I will make like my own solo podcasts that are kind of like this but they people are like I just wish there were a bit more like this yeah and it takes you 11 years to release your new podcast and, and like then the maybe occasionally of- if they come out and see my solo podcast I will like as an encore yeah come like, out and do some old you bring out a guy who can right. do like a a word perfect m- mimicking of me but it's almost too perfect right like the spontaneity is gone it's like seeing like someone do a cover Right, it's like seeing like John Cleese do sketches from Monty Python when he tours by himself. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know you are the main guy in this sketch, <laughs> but that's just like a stagehand now. Yeah. I don't feel like you should be angry at him about cheese. So the only way, we won't reform, but we still split royalties. And so we agree to have Tofop remastered, every episode remastered. Oh, uh, no, I like to think here's what happens instead. Uh, we both die, right? Yeah. But our mums get together two packs mums <laughs> <laughs> and start re-releasing shit yeah. and like packaging it up and building like a Tofop empire after our death. So my question is, if you gave our files to a sound engineer, yeah. on a percentage value, how much better do you reckon they could make an episode sound? I would well, love- what could they fucking possibly do? I would love to do a series of them, much like I've been digging this uh, Foo Fighters Sonic Highways uh, documentary series. And uh, 
it'd be great if we got like a different producer for each episode. Oh yeah, like you know, That's like when Tarantino idea. directed an episode of CSI or whatever, yeah. that would be our version of that. So like we get Butch Vig to remaster the yeah. first one, but like Steve Albini to like remaster Listen the second one. Us. Yeah, we're gonna get like the biggest the, producers in the world to remaster. <laughs> like Kanye well. comes out of retirement to produce like one of yeah, them. Mark and, like, Ronson. Yeah, the Avalanches. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that one takes about nine years, but like. How much could they do with it, though, really? That'd be great, though. I would love that. <laughs> Timberland comes in and does one. <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff. The I would ne- like to the see Neptunes. DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yeah, the presets. <laughs> Cut coffee. Like, I don't believe some people who could... Yeah. And then we could get some fucking uh, Vegas dates as well. We get, like... Um, some of those uh, Vegas DJs, you know, the ones like, I don't know what they're called, uh, Avicii? Armand Van Helden. Yeah, is one of them called Avicii or something? Uh, Jason Derulo? No. Jason, well, okay, no. but we'll get him too. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> okay, why not? Let's get Justice Crew. I mean, we've done a lot of episodes. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be some that, but then we get like some people who take it like way back as well, like, you know, really minimal production, that sort of stuff. Like, oh, yeah, you know. there's that little MTV Unplugged produce an episode. Right, that'd be great. <laughs> well, we have done Todd Phelps Unplugged a few times <laughs> when the microphones were unplugged to the computer. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to do the reverse. We just Todd Phelps plugged. <laughs> that would be the rare. Uh, like I hate it when Tofot went electric, man. <laughs> uh, I like that. You've got a fucking spider in here. This is much cleaner than it was yesterday. I've spent the day cleaning this uh, the the cave and my office. Okay. Well, I also went to the movies and went to breakfast, so I didn't yeah. spend that much today. And I walked the dog, so you know, I spent a bit of the day cleaning, but not all of it. Well, that guy is pretty happy. You know what? I don't need to. Hey, I'm pretty excited about the fact that my number two jersey, um, the Western Bulldogs, I, the reason I've thought of this uh, for people who are listening, which is everybody apart from Charlie, uh, who, who is here but sometimes listens. No, <laughs> the, my Bulldogs jerseys are up in the corner and I looked over and because Rob Murphy is now the captain of the Western Bulldogs, my football team. Yeah. Like a guy I know, a guy I'm mates with, a guy that I've hung out with and gone to parties he's with. He's the captain of the team. He's the captain of my team. And it's the number that's on my jersey that they all signed and gave to me. So I feel like that must be that's awesome. better value. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what? That reminds me. I've got one day to re-sign as a Saints member. What do you mean? Because if They're you not sign... cut off this year, are they? No, no, no. For the early... They're trying to make it exclusive, like the Ivy. <laughs> they, they actually do this thing where it's like, a, you know, it'd be the same thing at the Bulldogs where if you sign up, you get like the bonus, you know, they'll send you a sports bag with like, you know, badges and like a scarf and all that kind of shit. Those um, boxes behind you have, I reckon, probably in there, if there's ever a snowstorm... A members, badge, members badges... There is so many scarves yeah. because I'm also what they call a top dog member, yeah. and which is a whole different thing. So you get a whole bunch of like separate scarves and separate things for that. Yeah. But I also have two, I buy two memberships because like I just, you know, if I ever want to go with someone, I yeah. have like an extra membership. That's cool. I never go, but I buy two. Yeah. And But if I ever, they got into the grand final, I get two grand final. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I do so much shit for the club. They get me grand vital tickets. But I'm a supporter of the club and I'm trying to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's one of those things where I um, have so many scarves in there. Yeah. But, well, the St. Kilda asked the supporters a couple of years ago, do you want us, because they used to send everyone scarves if you signed up, regardless of your status. And then it just got ridiculous where you had like, I had like four different scarves and they said, are you guys tired of sending the scarves? And everyone's yep. like, Yes. You guys yes. call for scarves? Yeah. So they now they do it as if it's an early bird thing. If you really want the scarf, you sign up. It's not a bad incentive. But um, 
I treat it. I get as excited when I get that package from the Saints as when I used to go to the Royal Melbourne show. Like, because I open it up and there's like the sports bag. People laugh at me. They send you this little zip up sports bag with the Saints logo. I take it to the gym. I take it to work. You get this little, like, you get your, ba- you get your members badge, which says how many years consecutively, uh, consecutively you've been a member. I well, love it. You can uh, read on the wall. Just look under that signed picture there of uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Uh, read what's on the wall there. It's a certificate that says pet member. The Western Bulldogs would like to thank you for being an official 2014 pet member. Woof, woof, woof. I assume that's Ramona's. Ramona is a, a pet member of the Western Bulldogs. Appropriately. That's how. And, but on, on, on my keychain for my American How did she keys. sign... How did she sign for it? She doesn't. I do it on her behalf. Okay, you don't have to put a paw print in an ink pad and <laughs> stick it at the bottom of it. Don't have head. to. I did. But then I just did it on the screen <laughs> of my computer and I just ruined my computer. Yeah. It was worth it, though. It was such a gorgeous moment. That's a good idea. I don't know if the saints do that. Maybe well, she's a bulldog. That off. And we're the bulldogs, so it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Do you think she wouldn't have gone for it if you barracked for Geelong? Does she get pissed off when she sees your dad? <laughs> she doesn't. Here's the thing I will say about her. I don't think she really has an interest in football. She likes she likes the cricket. Yeah. She likes the 2020, like the Big Bash. Like, for whatever reason, last year when I was, like, sitting around watching the Big Bash cricket, she was, like, would sit on my lap and be captivated by the Big Bash. I think she just likes the, the shorter form of the game. She doesn't have the patience for, you know, test match cricket. Who's that? Oh, your cousin. We talk about this. Your cousin yeah. came locked in the basement. Uh, the pipes. It's the pipes in my old house. Every time... I've got shit pipes in this house, mate. Are you like, sure it's not like a poltergeist? Oh, well, it might be. That'd be less expensive. What is this? I would love if it was a poltergeist. I, we're banking on poltergeist. We're hopeful it's a poltergeist. Yeah. But we think it's just that the house was built in fucking 1920 and there's shit pipes underneath it and they cost me heaps of money all the time. People say it's good to have your own house and there are some good things about it. But I fucking love my flat in LA that I don't own because I don't have to fucking care about that shit. Mm. If shit goes wrong, I call a guy and someone else fixes it. If shit goes wrong in this house, I have to learn how to do things. No, oh, that sucks. It's annoying. Yeah. Like even learning how to get the person, the right person to do the things is hard. You know actually what though? That's a strange uh, sentence structure. You know actually what? You know what actually? That's you know what, what actually? You, you know, know actually what? 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 <laughs> what actually? Who's the on sequel th- to Love Actually? <laughs> what? What actually? What actually? It's when they're a bit older and their hearing goes. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's the same couple. Like, Bunny, would you take the bins out? What? what? Actually? No, it's like I love you. What? What actually? <laughs> a new film by Richard Gers. <laughs> I want to see that film. Uh, what were we saying? Uh, the uh, the weird thing about that actually. Fuck. What were we talking about? I'll oh, forget it. What was it? Me not being good at. Oh yeah, fixing stuff. YouTube is excellent these oh, days. Yeah, that's true. Like I um had to fucking like uh, our garden tap got so rusted on that like you c- it couldn't regulate the water. It was just running, so I had to shut down the water mains. And I'm like, fucking hell! Like I have no idea what I'm meant to do. And then yeah, you got to call you got to call Warren G. Got taken. Huh? Warren G. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> is that what you mean? Warren G. He he was regulated. Yeah, you that's right. he was like. <laughs> He was the guy who knew how to regulate. It was a cold duck. I, like, <laughs> yeah. I said, damn, what's next? Anyway, um, yeah, but I was just like, this makes someone like me feel a lot better because you could sit next it's to true. me and tell me what to do and it wouldn't work, but to actually, to visually see it. Because my thing is always, why I think I was always bad at maths and science is that it's a precise thing. Whereas I think my brain needs flexibility 
Like it kind of, I don't, when someone says this is a formula for why something works, it's, you've got to memorize the combination of those things. And I just, I don't think my brain works that way. But then when I see something done, I can visualize it. Uh, I'll give you a good example of that. You sent me a, uh, like, uh, a, like when I was starting to do the podcast by myself, like instructions on how to like load oh, the yeah. web page and all that sort of stuff. But you did kind of screenshot cap once. Yeah. I otherwise I never would have known yeah, how to right. do it. Like, and I only do it the way you taught me. I've learned nothing else since. <laughs> like, I'm just like I do it that same way yeah. every single time. Yeah. Like the other day, I realized the password that I use that I would have memorized by now. I just like copy and paste from the same place. I would not rem- if I mistakenly erase that. I don't know what the fucking password is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Do you have? Uh, well, maybe we shouldn't talk about password password security. Oh, we can talk. Well, in general, we can talk about the what's issue. your password. <laughs> I have too oh, many. Have I, I have too many of them now because like, you have to fucking change them all the time, and shit gets hacked into, and then you have different ones for different things. I know there are apps and stuff apparently where you can like. I would like to investigate that. Like, have an app that just kind of protects them all, and you have. You one. know the password security check that always freaks me out is the one where they ask you questions. Like, what city were you born in? What's your pet's name? I always get thrown by that. Mate, sometimes my sh- I've been alive so long. I tried to do a bit about this in my show this year, but it just didn't quite hold and it didn't make the show in the end. But I've been alive long enough that my answers have changed. I had to, yeah, right. I had to go into an old Yahoo account from when I first started <laughs> on the internet to, like, get into something else. And... <laughs> The question was, who is your best friend? And my answer was wrong. So between <laughs> when I first filled that in and when I had to fill it in yeah. again, my best friend answer yeah. had changed. My first password was Pakaposi underscore one. So <laughs> that wasn't really. I saw Pakaposi in something the other day. I like Pakaposi. She's awesome. She sort of never really had the career I thought she was going to get, but she was an indie darling for a while. She's always when yeah when you see her in something, I'm always she was like the the Zoe Deschanel of her day, I suppose. I think Dazed and Confused is like one of my all time favorite films, and she's excellent in that. She does sardonic bitch really really well. I know we've talked about this already, but Boyhood yeah. is such a fucking amazing film. Yeah, I saw it for the second time. And what were your thoughts the second time? Because I haven't seen it for a second time I enjoyed it just as much. I think I would enjoy it almost more. Yeah. But I would like to see it in a cinema again. The fucking, I'll tell you one thing, the audience we saw it with, we went and saw it on like a Saturday afternoon and it was very much a kind of senior crowd. And at the end of it, this whole bloke behind me goes to his wife and goes, well, that was a crock of shit. Not that little kid was a little whinger. The whole thing, all he did was whinge. Well, it wasn't his boyhood, was it? No. Like it was not... It was. I mean, it worked for us because you were kind of like, yeah. There was no. There was in in the words of our friend Vaughn Kerr. There were no. There were no shoot 'em ups or car chases. No, there were no shoot 'em ups. There were no car chases. There were no eighties songs <laughs> that weren't of the era specifically that it was referring to. Yeah. All the music was appropriate. It was the complete opposite of dirty dancing. <laughs> All the music was perfectly appropriate to the eras. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, it's just you know what it is. I didn't realize the girl, the daughter, is uh, Richard Linklater's daughter. daughter. Yeah, which was a fucking huge risk to take casting your own daughter, knowing how that temperamental. But his, but his thing was also like, well, at least I know where she is. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Well, that's very smart. At least for like four weeks a year. Right. Um, no, I, the thing about it that I don't know if I said this when we originally talked about it, but oh, the way I felt about those characters was the way I feel 
after reading a really good book where you feel like you know the characters where you've because a book you have enough time to really know the nuances and stuff i felt like that after the film so when i saw it for a second time it was like revisiting friends you know what i mean that's that and was really kind of feeling. like because you know how he ends up and you know it's kind of real not mm. real it's not a documentary it's a fucking fictional yeah but piece. it feels real but it feels real and you actually get to see this character grow up in a way we've never seen on film before yeah never yeah like i watched the seven up series and that's great but that's a documentary you know yeah. this was a film where we got to see this like it's perhaps, it's of perhaps even harder because you're trying to recreate like um you know realistic drama but it's you can't trick it up at all like they just had to create scenes that were kind of you know really that's what i loved about it was like there were sometimes there were just things that like one would have been tempted i'm sure there was fucking some months where richard linklater is like in the third act the mum pulls out a gun right just you're just like i'm gonna need something how do you feel about heroin yeah yeah exactly (laughs) it would have been tempting though to go fucking hell like what are we going to do we need to sort of pace up this next bit but they were very i'd like to know how they came to write I mean, was it written as one script the whole way through? Or they must have written it every year. Or I want to know so much about it. Like, every aspect of it fascinates me. Mm. Some of my favorite scenes in that movie, like, there's one where he just, like, there was that scene with him and a girl in class, you know, and mm. they have this little moment. And then that's it for mm. that whole thing. Mm. You don't get to, you never hear about this girl again. There's no exploration of their, like, a year later, they're still friends or in the, and you go, Oh, yeah, because that's what life, life is like when you're yeah. a kid. Like, really important little moments happen or snapshots or whatever. Yeah. Vignettes. But yeah, I was re- I was just, I mean, I still, like, I've only seen it once and I, it's just stayed with me in a way that no other movie has stayed with me. Yeah, I think it's a kind of film. And I actually feel the same way about Dazed and Confused. Like, Dazed and Confused, I can pick it up at any point and just start watching. Like, it's such a well-realized film. And I love all the characters and it's similar to it's much more jokey than boyhood it's much more of a john hughesy kind of film but i think it's such i still think it's one of the most excellent films about being a high school high school kid from whatever kind of country you're from because it's just about social groups like there's a scene in it where there's the nerdy guy adam goldberg who uh is worried about his masculinity and they end up going to that that big sort of drinking out in the woods and he runs into some tough kids and this tough kid sort of challenges him and he gets sort of humiliated in front of everyone and he just can't let it go. And his friends are like, you know, it's fine, man. It's fine. He's an asshole. Don't worry about it. And he's like, no, everyone's laughing at me. And, you know, isn't that this what's a rites of passage and I'm going to get to a fight. And so he comes up with a plan that he'll go back. He'll fucking like get in the guy's face. And he says, I'll throw the first punch because that's, you know, after that people break it up, right? And his mate's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll come and I'll break it up. So he goes back, challenges the guy, throws the first punch and gets the shit kicked out of him. No one jumps in. And it's even more humiliating. But it's like, it's so, it's so wonderful because life has no heroic moments. Right. Like, like what bonds us all are those epic fucking failures. And, it, and, and so it amazes me sometimes why we seem to think that like the, the things, when, the times when things work, even for the people who they work for are so fucking rare. You look at sports people or actors or you can look at all these people and there's no one who has a perfect fucking record. Yeah. Like, people get it wrong all the fucking time. The best of people get it wrong all the time. Like, LeBron misses a lot of fucking shots, you know, even though he's the best fucking player in the world. Like, it's so hard to get something perfect. So why do we worry so much and fucking put all this pressure on ourselves when we're all fucking dickheads? Because, uh... It's how 
we get sold things like we create aspirational lives and images that we all aspire to because it it's a good but way why do money. we buy into it like why don't we just go oh fuck that because like because seriously because advertisers aren't completely lying you do get a little bump of kind of like Ooh, when you get something new or you you know you feel like you're better looking than someone you smell better your car's better or you know you've got a bigger house like there is a moment i think of it feels good but it doesn't last so I think right. that it doesn't last. If it was a complete, if it was Jim Carrey said, "I'm stealing this from another podcast I heard it on, but I can't remember which podcast it was." So, forgive me. Uh, but Jim Carrey said that he wished that everybody could become uh, hideously rich and hideously famous, so they could realize that that was definitely what life wasn't about. Right. Like, and I kind of get that idea of like. Yeah, and it's a very luxurious position to have when you have all that stuff as well to say that it doesn't mm. mean anything. I'm sure there's a bunch of people who don't have it to go, you know what? I'll try I'm that. I'm still happy to try it out for a while <laughs> yeah, to see yeah. how unhappy I'll be. Yeah. But I do wonder that if we make ourselves more unhappy than we need to be by buying into a fucking... It's that Lily Tomlin joke, you know? That's the problem with the rat race. If you win, you're still a rat, you know? Like, yeah. are we buying into a system that we don't need to buy into? Of course. Are Absolutely. we creating most of our own unhappiness? Yes, but I think the alternative is is too scary. Like, if, if we change the kind of, like... You're talking about like a change in sort of societal structure where I it's no I longer. Am, yeah. I think, I mean, look at what happened in Scotland with that independence vote. Like the popular tracking, it was looked very much like they were going to get independence. Right. But then the British, the last minute, just did a boogie boogie campaign. And right. it was the central boogie boogie was about economics. Yeah. Is that we're not going to give you 100% of your oil back. You know, you're going to have to get your own currency. We're not going to help you out. I mean, fear is our most powerful motivator. Yeah. If you can whack a boogie boogie into the end of anything. Yeah. And but we but we've got a world that is ruled by money and the biggest boogie yeah. boogie is uh it's costing more money. I enjoy how much we're saying well, boogie boogie by the way. <laughs> but how pe- but people are terrified. I've I've realized in the last like year or so people are terrified of legal action. Yeah. Oh, like, of course. And yeah. I, did I tell you about the car yard that tried to rip me off? Oh, tell me. I'm not sure if I've told the story on air, but there was I don't this, think you have. There was this uh, car yard in Wollongong. And uh, they had this car that we were interested in buying. And so um, uh, we emailed the guy and it was a Thursday night. And he said, yeah, cool, cool. And we said, we can't sit till Monday. And he said, well, leave a deposit. And we're like, okay, how much? They said, it's a $500. Well, he said to Jen, it was a $500 deposit. And she's gone, okay, we'll call my boyfriend. He'll sort it out. So the guy talks to me and he's gone, yeah, it's a $1,000 deposit. And I was like, oh, hang on. My girlfriend said 500. He's like, yeah, $500 deposit. I said, cool. Could you send Per me- phone call. What? Per phone yeah. call. It's $500 per phone call. This is your second phone call. It is now $1,000. <laughs> Don't call back. And so he said, um, he said, uh, I said, well, that's great. Just send me the purchase order. But in the special comments, I'm going to get the car inspected. So can you put something in saying the deposit's held based on my satisfaction with the mechanics report? Yep. Yeah, no problem. So he emails that first page through of the purchase order. I call a mechanic. And they say, oh, don't worry, mate. They've already booked it in. I said, okay, cool. But I want to pay for it because, you know, I just want to make sure I'm the guy who's... Right. Yep, no worries. Um, so anyway, mechanics report comes back. It's okay, but there's a lot of damage to the body, like yep. the paintwork and stuff. So I just call the guy and say, hey, mate, um, got the mechanics report. Um, not really happy with the, with, with, the, with the paintwork. So, you know, I'll just take my money back. And he's like, okay. And then 20 minutes later, he calls back. Completely different attitude. And he's like, no, um, we're not uh, only keeping the money, but you made a commitment to buy. And there's obviously someone coaching him, coaching him off the just to, to the side, right. and because he's very nervous, he's like, yeah, you know, you've got to, 
you've you've made a commitment to buy, and so you you know you you offered to trade in your car, and I'm just like, what, what? And he's just babbling all this shit. And I said, no, mate, the agreement was you have my deposit based on my satisfaction right. with the report. I've got the email right in front of me. So, and so I just hang up on him, and then about five minutes later, phone rings again, different person, different guy, very aggressive, and he's like, you fucking think I was born yesterday, mate? I was like, excuse me. And he said, "It's like, uh, did I answer this? Is this the world's youngest baby? <laughs> is this your world's youngest car salesman? Yeah, you were born yesterday, right? Yeah, you're a car salesman today. I saw it in the paper. <laughs> so he's like, you think you were born? I was born yesterday, mate. Um, you've made a you've made a commitment to buy. We're holding. Not only are we holding your deposit, but you're going to pay for the car, and we're going to sue you for ten percent of the value of the car for blah blah blah, some breach of whatever. And nice. I said, they've gone all in." I said that. Uh, I said that doesn't sound right. I said just. I said, mate, just check the email where it says, you know, based on the mechanics report, blah blah blah. And so I was like, I don't need to fucking see that, mate. You, you made a commitment. How are check you? Your terms and just, conditions. Just, I want. Here's what I want to ask you here. Yeah. How are you in this situation? Because are you nervous? Are you, or are you just calm and going? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm in the right. This is going to be. Okay. I think I was fifty fifty. I was borderline. My yeah. temperature was rising. But it was such an incredulous sort right. of claim. You I were think incredulous. I was, I was still trying to process it. I'm like, like I was on the back foot a bit because right. it just made no sense. So much information that made no sense. If someone comes up here with the crazy, sometimes it is a bit hard to deal with. Yeah. So I ended up sort of saying... Um, Which is probably a good tip to people. You could probably crazy people out of a lot of shit. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's actually... Amy had a problem with a guy who's uh, who, who they damaged their car. It was a car wash, and they yeah. damaged their car. And we went into like you know, just like literally, just go, come on. Yeah. And the guy started just crazying at us, and I was like, you know what, this is not worth. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's probably just back in his office, really normal. Well, that well that will come into play later. <laughs> so the guy's like, you know, you, we're gonna we're gonna make you we're gonna make you pay for that car and sue you for ten percent. And I'm like, you know what, fuck you. Boom, hung up. Immediately jumped on the emails and started the paper trail. So I wrote a big email back saying, as per the agreement, I'd like you to refund my money, but I'm not satisfied with the report. Thanks very much, blah, blah, blah. This older guy comes back on straight away, almost all in caps, like, that's not true. Check your terms and conditions, blah, blah, blah. And just maintaining his stance if he's going to sue me and all this kind of shit. Yeah. So I know that I'm in the right, but it's enough fucking verve on his part that I'm saying to Jim... Have I fucked up? Have I done something wrong? So I go online. I just start doing some research about what my rights are. Couldn't find anything. And so I email this guy back and say, look, I haven't found anything online. And he just comes back with, we're going to sue you. Speak to a lawyer. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, this is a really tricky situation because lawyers are expensive. Right. But it just so happens that the weekend before I'd been at a mate's 40th in Melbourne and I'd met his best mate from the Gold Coast, who just happened to be a lawyer right. who specialised in commercial dispute. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's why you need to go to parties. <laughs> Networking. So I just email this guy and just give him the lowdown. Right. And so he calls me up and he's like, look, there is a problem in that you paid a deposit and transact- doing a financial transaction is commitment to buy. So sure. he said, is there anything that you know you had in your contract that said you know you you weren't committing to buy and i said yeah this special comments thing based on the mechanics report and he's like oh mate you're golden and he said look just give me half an hour i'll type up a nice angry letter slap him around a bit you send it on should take care of it so he sends me this like awesome 11 page document i love it dissecting the whole thing like one paragraph per like angle like it's obviously some template that would have been fun for him That'd be like someone ringing me up going, Can hey, there's this, like, there's this guy at work. He's been really mean to me in this regard. Yeah. Like, I want to make fun yeah, of him exactly. in which way. Could you... And I would send you... Like, if like if I felt righteous enough about someone fucking you over, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I'll send you a page of jokes where you can roast them for yeah. sure. 
And so, uh, so I, I read it, and the last paragraph is the best. Where he said, "Ordinarily, um, you know, in any uh, in any commercial dispute, I would advise my client that they only have a fifty fifty chance of winning, such as the nature of you know, you know, the uh, court." He said, however, in this instance, I would say your chances of winning are 100% and we'll proceed with legal action, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I set it off going, well, fine. This guy comes back like he's still like, ah, fuck you, fuck you, we're suing you, blah, blah, blah. I love it. So I, I love that he's not been put off by this. No, he's swinging, man. He's swinging for the fences. And right. so that's his strategy. But I'm now starting to not feel so nervous. No, you don't like give a shit. Obvious insanity here. So I called my mate back and he said, well, look, it's $400 an hour for me to even get involved. He's gone. Not worth it for you if it's a $500 deposit you're trying to recover. Right. And I said, I don't even want $500. I want to pay for the mechanic support because I, that was my choice. Like, right. I don't want to give them any reason no. to say that I've ripped them off or I've been duplicitous. I wanted to do that. So I only want like $345 back. That's right. all I'm looking for. So he's gone, well, definitely don't hire me. And he said, just call the Department of Fair Trade. So I jumped online, takes about an hour to fill it out. You just send them. And I had all the, because uh, I'd started the email chain. So I had all the evidence, everything. Sent it through. About two weeks later, I get an email from the car yard and they're like, hey, uh, Charlie, and I just wanted to know how you're going with your car purchase. And I'm just like, that's odd, but that's all I said. Get a phone call from the Department of Fair Trade. This car yard is notorious. You know, uh, we have multiple complaints against them. This is a very common technique by car yards where they pressure people into paying, uh, putting a deposit down and then refuse, and refuse to release the deposit, banking on the fact that most people will be too scared or too poor to hire lawyers. He right. said that's how they keep, you know, a slow week. That's how you keep business turning over. So he said, you know, with your permission, we'd like to uh, get in the ring with them. And I said, fucking awesome. go for it. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> they said, we can get you the 500 back. Yeah. You know, is there anything else? I said, no, just look, I don't want 500, you know, 345. Right. I just want justice. Yeah. And so then um, <laughs> I get a long email. The Charlie Clawson story. I get a long email from... The owner of the car yard, Mr. Clawson, I'm just being um, notified about what's happened. I'm just so sorry for this misunderstanding. And, you know, I personally would like to invite you down at a generous discount and blah, 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 blah. And so I wrote back to say, hey, you know, thanks to the email, really great. Um, let's get one thing straight. <laughs> this was not a misunderstanding. Yeah. This was a blatant case of bullying and harassment. Um, I've been advised that I can proceed with legal action and I'd have a 100% chance of winning. I'm not going to do that. So not only will I not come and look at your car, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> it was just like, it was, actually felt really nice. Like, right. It felt like, like the world actually worked out right for yeah. once. And it didn't actually, it didn't cost, I mean, look, I was lucky that I'd met a lawyer. Right. But I imagine there'd be lots of lawyers who would have given that advice for free, you know, if you, you know, if you, if you could contact them, right. speak them face to face. It wasn't like a hard thing for him to calculate. He just looked at the... I told him in two minutes and he was able to tell me what my position was. So, lucky though. That's a good story. That's a good story. It felt yeah. good, man. Oh, that would have felt amazing. But what? It, but that, to go to loop back, uh, that is what I've realized about the world. The, the world we've constructed that we're all fearful of right. boogie-oogie money. Boogie-boogie, I think. And the fear of being sued. Like... That is a kind you know, people are terrified of, you know. Oh, mate, if you go hard enough with the full boogie boogie, people get scared. Like that's, yeah, it's your last minute, you pull it out, just go the fucking fear and panic. Yeah. And people generally, we're naturally conservative, I guess. Mm. But we're also explorers and progressive and we're everything. Yeah. But I, yeah, I do wonder sometimes if we just buy into this idea of, 
Like sometimes, I, I can't remember who I was talking about this with, but they were talking about someone they threw saw through garbage out the window of their car and how old school a fucking move that is. But in my lifetime, people threw garbage out of the fucking window of their car. Like, that was a thing. Really? Yeah. I don't remember like, that. Like, you probably had just, like, I, it was right on even on the edge the of 70s. my... But my, they would. People yeah. would, like, finish the McDonald's or whatever, and it was just an accepted <laughs> thing to do to throw garbage it's like, out the window of your car. It's like something from The Simpsons. It's like something right. you'd say Homer do. But that's, but people just did that. Yeah. As if that was fucking normal. We used to throw apple cores out the window. That's okay, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's nature. Yeah. But like, you can't do, people just used to throw like McDonald's wrappers and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to clean that up. Right. So that'll wash into the ocean. That'll be fine. Yeah. So people stopped doing that, which is good. But somebody I was talking to on the podcast saw somebody throw, you know, do it recently. And that's either a, a dude who doesn't get it at all mm. or gets it completely. Gets that our contribution, like as much as we like to give our life value and think that we're important, in the grand scheme of things, we are literally pissing into the world's biggest ocean. Like, <laughs> you know, there is yeah, nothing that you or I will do that will change this world in any way for the better or the worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, I don't know. It, can, it just gets, it gets you down. I just try. I just tried to switch because I've moved house. I didn't even know about this initiative called Green Power. Did you know about this? Yep. That so you nominate that you want to draw your energy from a sustainable source. You yes. pay a bit more for it. Yep. And it's like I don't. I so that's. I mean, I feel guilty because there's so much shit that I still do that is not good for the environment. I still, you know, drive an old car, you know, all that kind of shit. But sure, you burn tires in your back. Yard for yeah. Oh, well, you've moved now, so you'll stop that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a big enough backyard in your place to burn tires. No, so. no, no. I just go around punching local flora and fauna. <laughs> right. <laughs> you ever seen a guy punch a flower? <laughs> no. I mean, at first it disturbs you, but after a while you find it quite erotic. <laughs> Dirty flower puncher. Just a guy punching a rose bush. <laughs> yeah. This guy's so anti environment. Right. He's so pro like big or like you know the big power companies. He just goes around punching up plants. Punching up plants. <laughs> Take <laughs> that bush. That is a fucking Adam Sandler movie. A hitman for big oil right. who beats up plants. Adam Sandler is the plant puncher. <laughs> yeah. No, it's gonna be a be- it's gonna be a better pun than that. It's like um easy grow. Uh Seed oh. of Doom or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, right. Okay. What right. is Johnny Appleseed? Or oh yeah, no. um, uh, climate. It's got to be global warming, climate change. Something about like you know, um, fuck, some environmental pun. Yeah, I reckon it's yeah, got to be so like global warming. What if his name was? If his surname was Global. Johnny Global. Johnny Global? Johnny Global, and he was a hitman for big oil. Global warming? (laughs) Adam Sandler is... um, He's Mother Earth's son, right? So, like... Why would he be beating up plants? Well, because he doesn't like his mum. That's little Nicky. Nicky, But but he plays his mum as well. Okay, so Mother Nature's son would be son of... uh, Son of a bitch. It's called Son of a Bitch, and it's about Mother, the kid who's the son of no, it's gonna Mother be, Earth. It's going to be Son of a Mum. <laughs> son of a Mum. Mother Nature, Son of a Mum. 
Nature Boy? Nature, nature Boy. Yeah, Nature Boy. With a cameo by Ric Flair. Ric Flair. <laughs> Is he still wrestling? <laughs> I hope not. I don't know what's going on in the wrestling at the moment. I've, I've... No, I think Sam Punk's quit for reals. Yeah. What's he doing now? Sam Punk. He seems like a smart guy. I, heard I like him. WTF. He's really good. I thought he was really good. Yeah, he's really uh, he's an interesting dude, but I don't know what he wants to do. He, he seems to be like, uh, I mean, he's got that kind of whole Generation Y apathy thing going on where he's like, it's funny because it, they blurred, they did really well, the WWE, to merge it into their storylines. Like, you know about that big monologue he did sitting on the ground, they shut his mic off and stuff? That was apparently real. Have you seen so, that? No, no, I don't think I have. Oh my God, you should see it. So... He did this whole thing about why he was leaving or something, but he came out and just did one of those kind of awesome fucking mic jobs where he talked for like nine minutes and he was really honest about how, you know, the, it, it's a corrupt organization and that, you know, he's asked to work this many days a week. And and so they shut his mic down and the crowd's like, boo, boo, boo. And, just like, and then they turn it on a bit. And uh, apparently... When he walked off stage, Vince this is, by the way, the way I think that your negotiations would have gone if you had to go down to that car place. Yeah, 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 yeah. they were running their operation like the WWE. Yeah, yeah. You would have got down there. You would have had to do the negotiations with the lawyer in the middle of a room. Yeah, that's right. You said you'd only hold my deposit <laughs> based on mechanics report. Mechanics. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, apparently, after he walked off stage and Vince McMahon walked out and said to him, we're going to make a lot of money. Really? Yeah. He's a really cool guy. He's interesting. But I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if he's going to be an actor or, or what. Okay, we're back. We had a little break. Um, Amy's ordering, ordering some food. But um, yesterday I flew on uh, Qantas back from Perth when I was doing my shows over there. And uh, I was flying business class, which was very nice. And uh, But they ordered me a special meal and it's always fucking shit. Like, I don't mean to complain because it's nice to live in that sort of world and whatever, but the vegetarian meal on Qantas, they might as well spell it in fucking vegetables, fuck you, eat meat. <laughs> like, it is... the Because the food's pretty good in business class on Qantas. Yeah. Like, and, and then they won't give you the other food because you've got a fucking special meal. Yeah. So, and they won't even... have leftovers, though. Well, if there's leftovers, you can have them. But I don't <laughs> want people's like, trays. Yeah, I don't want to be like the leftovers guy. Like, what leftovers are they? Like, no, I meant sealed leftovers. Yeah, leftovers no, but like, you're right though. But you don't get first choice. You have to wait to see if there's anybody else who like you know. Doesn't I think you should thing. get leftovers out of people's trays. Right. <laughs> like, if you're lucky, I'd take them if they're untouched. You have to. The rule should be. If you reject your meal and you still want to eat leftovers, you have to crawl on hand and knee to each seat and and beg them. Do they beg know? Them. Do they know about this though? Or do yes, we this... all know. We all know that this is this is the rule. That I'm willing to do it. Yeah, and the, and they are allowed to slap you. <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> Why are you adding extra stuff? That's already humiliating enough. <laughs> They're allowed to slap you or poke you in the eye. Hang on. Each of them are. Yeah, if they give if you their what? food. What? So they to, to poke, poke you in the, in the eye, eye or slap no, you in the face. No way. <laughs> slap you in the face, maybe, and lightly, like yeah. in a gentle sort of way. Can't leave a mark. Okay. Can they pull your ears like you're a minty? Again, not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, but for a full untouched tray of food. Oh, what? Yeah. Who do you think you're talking to? That's my negotiation. You're the one who rejected your meal, pal. 
You can't fucking start negotiating. Now, let me twist your ears like a minty. Hey, you know what? It's still a fucking negotiation. Like, we understand what our positions are, but it's still a fucking negotiation. Okay, so if you get on hand and knee, you also have the option to immediately cease negotiations by standing up and walking back to your seat. Yeah, no, I I accept that. I'm happy to have that. Okay. But you don't get to go... But if you bail out, then you don't get to ask anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, Qantas, if you're listening... I've got some ideas about how you should structure business class. <laughs> Will just drank a beer and it went down the wrong tube. I will <laughs> rely. Oh my God, are you getting emotional? <laughs> I will rely on the good nature of other people that they will not exercise their right to poke me in the eye, <laughs> slap me. <laughs> or otherwise the grey meal twist your ears like a minty <laughs> just give me the food that's what I'll rely on it's the hunger games in business class <laughs> that's what it is there's two there's two classes and everyone's fearful of going to economy so you'll do whatever you can you'll grovel to stay in business I went and saw the um, latest hunger games film today Mocking Jay, (laughs) part one. I did go in gold class, which I guess is... Oh, my God. ...very the capital of me. (laughs) I can't talk. (laughs) No, it's actually quite painful. Just (laughs) pause it. (laughs) Are you going to keep this in? I don't think you should. (laughs) I'm fine. (laughs) I was drinking a beer... And Charlie made me laugh <laughs> at the exact time, but at the same time, I drank the beer and the beer went in the wrong way. It went in, I don't know how that works, but it went in the place my voice was, <laughs> <laughs> not not the place the beer goes. So is this the beer talking? <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> wow. I mean, I feel like something happened. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've accessed another part of my brain. I feel like I'm in Lucy. Like, I coughed enough that I became Lucy. Oh, my God. I accessed the other 90% of my brain. The food poisoning I got in Berlin was exactly that. It was such excruciating pain. Right. And the delirium between... I had 20-minute intervals when I would throw up or evacuate from every orifice. Uh And every time I'd, I'd go back to bed and I'd just pray that... You know, just, you know, that, that blessed relief I got from being sick, just let me, and then my brain would go into hyperdrive. I would see, uh, I would see trains like rushing from me so blurry that I was getting motion sick and then I have to get up and be sick again. And I was praying to God, like kneeling over the bowl, just being like, I've accessed a, like a portal to hell <laughs> right. and I don't like it anymore. Like someone make this stuff. Ugh. Right. But what I'm, I guess... That there are those moments of our lives, and I guess that's why they when, have afterlife experiences. Yeah, yeah, right, totally. When people say they saw a light or and they went towards and it's the blissful, thing. they felt happy because right. your brain gets flooded with this because nobody knows what happens when we die because no one's come back from being dead. I know. Did you see that fucking email that went around that was like, uh, as a Facebook link, and was like, you know, uh, uh, evidence that there is like existence beyond death. Oh, okay. And it was like total clickbait, and it's Sounds like. Incredible. Well, you know, your brain stays functional for another, like, you know, a few minutes after you die. And, you know, there are sort of life, there is a consciousness after everything else has ceased. Right. So, technically, 
there is life after everything else has stopped working. But right. it's not like a ghost said, hey, guys, right. so we can walk through walls, um, but we don't fall through the floor for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a sheet. Yeah. But that's because I'm from olden days. Yeah. <laughs> These days, you don't have to actually wear the sheet. I'm just a traditionalist. I would love that, that someone had to be appointed like the spokesman for the ghost. Like, what era of ghost? Like, is it a poltergeist? No, I want the poltergeist to be a spokesman. Uh, They're too unpredictable. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, look, if you, it's kind of like um, Insurgent, that movie Insurgent. You die, and then you get separated into your group. So what sort of ghost are you going to be? Like, do you want to be like a sexy Patrick Swayze-style ghost? Possessy, or like Possessy ghost? Like maybe like a comedy ghost, like Ghostbusters needs a few ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Um, a ghoul like Beetlejuice. Oh yeah, do you want to be like ghoulish? I mean, that's a really good sort of ghost option. Yeah, but who's gonna like? A, you know what it would be? It would be like a, a Casper would be your like a kind of elegant, friendly ghost would have to be because he's got to be a diplomat, right? Right. So you'd send out the friendly ghost. Uh, that's true. That makes sense. But he's a boy. He's and we're going to take a are boy and go seriously. Yeah, <laughs> that is fucking human nature and how evil we are. They send out a beautiful, pure boy. Right. And we're just like, what yeah. the fuck's up? the fuck does this kid know? Why isn't he wearing any ghost pants? Seriously? This is fucking weird. Are we ghost pedophiles now? He looks exactly like that Richie Rich kid. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> no, I reckon it's the same character. <laughs> no, he would, be the, he would be the chief negotiator. And he would say to us, Hey guys, look, here's what happens. You die and basically you stay on the earth. You're just invisible to sometimes and can walk through things. But, you know, you still got the same dramas with people and you got to find a place to live. And people You'd be like, with. hey, uh, welcome to Ghost School. Um, oh, Adam Sandler. Uh, Ghost, Ghost School. School. <laughs> That's a great Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> and he's like the head guy. He's like, uh, you can't spell uh, ghost without host. And I'll be your host. <laughs> That's fucking actually, yeah. that, that will be an Adam Sandler film. I can see it right now. Uh, ghosts. <laughs> Did you? Uh, so after we mentioned last week's episode about the Back to the Future immersive experience, uh-huh. one teabagger posted on the Facebook page that it that was happening. That happened in London. I didn't realize that there is one happening in Los Angeles. I'm assuming it would have to be at Universal Studios, right? That makes the most sense. Uh, it's happening the back to the future one is happening yeah you know how we uh, talked last week about how they did the they recreated Hill Valley and stuff and we said oh yeah. they should do it I also remember because it was last night and I appreciate the estate <laughs> last week but like it was it's last a theater night. of the mind you son of a bitch yeah no I get it I'm trying to create the passage of time yeah 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 I get it. <laughs> I'm trying to be a time lord yeah we are we're time travelers yeah because we're recording this at a different time that people listen to it that's right I've lowered my standards of what constitutes a time no travel. no you really have your dirty dance <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so tell me what. Well, so they're going to do it in LA. So I, they didn't say in the article where. So it would have to be Universal Studios. That makes the most sense. You would the, think so, right? Because the town square is still there. It's and still there. Maybe, maybe they already do it. They might already do like, a, you know how they do like a police again? <laughs> How's that? The difference between American and Australian theme parks is they do the Back to the Future, you know, kind of exhibition and we do the fucking police academy. Yeah, well, that's a very iconic Australian film. <laughs> People don't know that, but those uh, Police Academy films are actually our greatest franchise. <laughs> oh, look at this. I've been interrupted by delicious Thai. food. Oh, okay. Delicious Thai. That's, that's pretty great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's very nice of you. Thank you. Well, Charlie, you're no, just... No, I'm all good. Thank you. You're just going to have to talk by yourself now. Okay. Uh, so... I was thinking, 
Someone the other day was describing their friend as traipsing down the stairs. Hang on, what? <laughs> traipsing down the stairs. And that... Um, are you really going to... Why don't we just pause it for two seconds? I'm just going to have a little bit. Okay. i got nothing to say. Well, traips. No, I want to know this traipsing thing. Well, can traips be used in any other context but someone flouncing their way across a room? Traips uh, only means one thing, right? Uh, even in that situation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back. I dropped. Mom, Amy brought me food, which was very nice of yeah. them. And I thought I could eat it while you were talking, but then that would have been <sighs> terrible. It was a disaster. And then I dropped my microphone. I'm, I'm, I, I actually think it was probably the least professional moment. In this podcast, I mean history. that's a big call. <laughs> this is a podcast. A podcast. This is a podcast that prides itself on its professionalism. <laughs> we are one of the number one in podcasting. We're actually number one in podcasting because most people are just podcasting. Yeah, we. Uh, you, you listen to an episode; it's like you've been poked in the ears. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually literally make people listen on an iPod that it's also an electric prod. <laughs> And so you have to electrocute yourself to enjoy this show, <laughs> yeah. probably. No, that's the, that would be the aversion therapy. There's probably some parents out there who's like, oh, my son's listening to Tofop. And so like Clockwork Orange, they just they, they put something in his headphones that gives him an electric shock every time someone mentions time travel or Batman or obscure AFL references. It's interesting you mentioned that. I got an email from somebody after one of my Perth shows saying that it was the first time they'd brought their 15-year-old son to the show oh, yeah. and just kind of given me some of his observations yeah. of what the show was. And I Who's was like, that angry old man? <laughs> Why was he so drunk? <laughs> I wasn't drunk in the first show. I uh, <laughs> so um, no, it was interesting because I she's a mum who is into me, but now her son is like crazy. into me as well, and that is because so there's got to be the opposite. There's got to be some people who are like, oh no no, like I'm not letting my children listen to this shit, right? No. Why? I mean, did your parents stop you from listening to, I don't know, Eddie Murphy? Yeah, but there would have been some parents who did. Like, there was some parents who did. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Your stuff doesn't... I wouldn't... You're not like a shock comedian. I don't think, like... It's not like you get up and, uh, like, dirty. You swear. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think... I don't think any parent would have an issue with that. Unless well, they were ultra-conservative. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, she didn't, but... yeah. It was just interesting. It was interesting to me. I think it, well, it's Tell me about, hang on, what was the word traips? Traips. How old was this person who said traips? Uh, like older than me, like mid 40s. And he said his mate was traipsing down the stairs. And it was like, traips is, is so. Hang on, it was a he. Yeah. Well, that's, exact, that's exactly the point. It's more descriptive when the person you're describing is male. Traipsing down the stairs. Traipsing in like you own the place. Like if I asked you to get up now and traips across the room, Describe visually what that would involve. I don't know. I'm not sure that I'm a traipser. Do you think I'm a traipser? No. Have you ever seen me uh, traipse? My definition to traipse across the room is to it's to walk with confidence. Right. But a laconic confidence. Right. That is my interpretation. I think that's probably pretty true, but I don't think I have that. No, you scuttle. 
yeah. I limp. Yeah. Shuffle. Shuffle. I shuffle from place to place. Yeah. I sit down for a bit. Yeah. You're like in every... I get distracted. I go back for something. You're, you're like one of those Jim Henson movies where there's puppets and there's always a big lumbering puppet. That is what I am. That's you. There's absolutely no doubt about that. What's though? that one from Labyrinth? Smell bad. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's who I and am. you don't like smell that. No. Yeah, what I mean, that, we have so much in common. What's that fucking thing called? Smell bad. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, well, you remember his catchphrase. That's what's important. Smell bad. <laughs> he was our generation's I am Groot. Yeah, that's totally... Um, that's fucking bang on the money. So you're Groot. I'm Groot. You are. You don't really say that much when you're out in public. Oh, uh, yeah, but I'm like an early version of Groot, so I'm a Grooty reboot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. It's funny. There was this great uh, comedian, talking about comedians before... And um, he was having his time as well. He had that song, Grooting in the Back of a Root. Grooting in the Back of a Ute. Damn it. You know, I tripped right at the finish line. You started laughing because you saw where I was going. And then I stumbled over the finish line. You could have also done Rooting in the Back of a Groot. (laughs) That's even sexy. And saved the Groot to the end, you know what I mean? Yeah. Finished on the funny word. So that's how I know I'm talking to a That's You're like the lawyer now. Sending me some jokes. Oh, man, this takes me five minutes. Yeah, I find this shit instinctive. It's fine. I can tidy this up for you. <laughs> um, I want to tell you a, kind of a sad story, um, which is that my um, next-door neighbour, mm-hmm. who looks after Diego, because Diego fucking left home when Ramona moved in. Right. Diego, who we thought was going to be the best of the cats, has been the worst of them in regards oh to Ramona being here. I'm taking most the of the- son. Right. He, and he mostly lives across the road now. He's wow. punishing us us. He comes back for food and shit occasionally, but like literally, like he likes the neighbours more now, right? So, anyway, they're very- Fuck nice. cats. <laughs> I know, right? Anyway, so they're very nice. And- uh, but she works at the ABC or did work at the ABC until this. Uh, for people who aren't from Australia, who listen to the podcast, the ABC is the network that uh, my television show is on, uh, the Australian Broadcasting uh, Commission Corporation. I, I don't even know what it's called. I work there. Um, Broadcasting Corporation. I don't know. Corporation, right? Corporation, I think. So um, they've just had massive budget cuts, heaps of people losing their job, including my next son, yeah, who has lost her job. And it just reminds me that these are real people. You know, like it's one of those moments where you're like, this is a person who's really good at her job and has been doing this job forever and now has to fucking, at her age, try to fucking yeah. find. And like, she has my cat to look after. She's got responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, no, that fucking sucks. There again, that's that fear again, man. We all live in fear of like, Losing money, being sued. Right. So what do you do in that situation? I guess that's the question that I was asking before is like, what do you do in that situation? Like, how do you know? How do you deal with that? Well, I guess have you, I've, we've talked about this documentary before, but the documentary I am about that Hollywood director yeah. who was like a multimillionaire and then he basically is just given everything away and he, he sort of speaks to different sociologists and stuff and, the message of the film being he was he had everything he thought he ever wanted, but he was still unhappy. And then he what he thinks it came down to is the fact that you separate from community, which what you do when you become wealthier and wealthier is you get bigger walls and cars with you know tinted windows and stuff that you actually need to interact with other humans. Like yeah. there needs to be that kind of interaction. It's very interesting. It's like it means it means sort of 
I just moved into a flat and I've been living in a house for five years and it's weird. Like I've gotten so used to isolating myself, like having to interact with neighbors and stuff. It's like, oh my God, this feels weird. Tear down those walls, man. That's what we're saying, right? Yeah. Hey, if you're in a house right now listening to this, why don't you just fucking grab a hammer and smash down a wall? Uh, don't do that. <laughs> why? Because uh, is it an adjoining wall or is it your wall? Just whatever. It's a fucking wall, man. <laughs> Let's get rid of walls. Hey, there's another guy who did a speech very similar to this, smashed yep. down those walls, and his name was David Hasselhoff. David Jesus Christ? <laughs> Hasselhoff? Oh, yeah, the Berlin Wall, though, no, right? Thank you for getting my reference. No, no but that's... <laughs> it would have been better if you laughed when I said it. Hey, look, I got it. Okay. Let's... That's the most we could hope for. That'll do. I remembered it. <laughs> I dropped a Warren G joke earlier in the show, so, you know. I got that. Yeah, no, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not mocking you about okay. going old school. <laughs> uh, I don't think we should take down people's walls, but... Why not? Well, Maybe we should live without walls for a while, you know what I mean? See how that works. Actually, Maybe that's not a we, bad idea. What about transparent mean? houses? That way I can oh, see what you're going through, but I don't have to get involved if I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> I imagine it's one of the, I imagine it's one of those communities, you know, or like you know, like they're always called like Springfield Lakes yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's a community that's built around the idea of transparent houses. Like, all Can you imagine how fucking annoying it would be to live in a transparent house, like all your furniture's transparent. Like you bump your toe enough times, fucking walk into the toilet at night. Imagine a house, you just be constantly smashed. Fuck. Here at Transparent Towers. We we adopt a transparent lifestyle. Yeah. You know what your neighbor's doing. Your neighbor knows what you're doing. It is the ultimate trust. But you don't need to get involved. <laughs> yeah, because that would be too much. Right. <laughs> transparent <laughs> towers. We'll, we'll go 50-50. <laughs> For people who want to meet other people halfway. <laughs> transparent towers. For people who can't afford porn. I would fucking hate transparent towers. I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm very social and other times I'm like, ugh. Like when we moved house, we toyed with the idea of moving in with another couple because we could get a bigger... What? What? I mean, that sounds like the start of a sitcom. Uh, At your age, the two of you moving in with another couple? Well, Really? Did you think that could happen? That'd live upstairs. We'd live downstairs. It's not like there's going to be a sitcom, Will. No, 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 no. No, but it was just because Gemma's going to be away a lot next year. Yeah. And we thought, well, you know. Find someone Charlie can swim with. Exactly. A couple that I'm like, hey. It was just that we could get a bigger house in a really nice area. In fact, some friends of ours have bought a house with, I think there's three couples. And they've bought this massive place in Melbourne, down on the Mornington Peninsula. They always used to say, because, you know, people go like, hey, man, we should all fucking, like, you know, live together. We should all buy a big property or chip in. These guys actually did it. And apparently, it's really cool. You know what? How long before they're fucking each other? That's what you're thinking. No, I actually dig that. I, to be honest, like I was initially skeptical, but the more you talk about it, the more I'm actually into that idea. Because I have all these people that I like hanging out with. Mm. Part of the reason I like going out on the road, like with Justin supporting me, is we get to like hang out and like just have fun and like yeah, you know, live our lives and whatever. There's a reason to see each other. We started this podcast. 
There's like, reason to catch up. It just up. is a reason that we could catch up. Yeah. Like, you know. So, like, I love that idea. I, if we had a big enough place where we could all live on the same fucking property, but not mm. be in each other's faces, not transparent towers. <laughs> like, you know. Well, we'll meet you 50-50. I want a place with walls. Yeah. I'm going to meet you about 125. Well, Gemma, when she was in LA, there's a bunch of kind of Aussie filmmakers who have a big share house in LA that's massive. And it's big enough that you can just go in there and have your, like, kind of room and... You know, you share a kitchen and whatever, but you could be there and just never see anyone because you're only going there to sleep and work. And um, but she seemed to she came back all inspired, going, "It was really nice. You now there's a lot of space, and they're all grown ups doing grown up stuff. It's not like you come in and there's some fucking dude you don't know asleep on the couch, right? Because you know we're all older now. It's not like you, it, it's it's the upgrade of student housing. It's like okay, we all have money now, but we're not going to buy a place. We want to kind of live in a few different places. We'll just it makes sense. That's why Airbnb is so fucking massive now. Well. Amy has a roommate. Mm. Like, so Amy's had someone, like, living here at the house with her this year while I've been away. Yeah. So, technically, there's someone else living here. So, I guess... Yeah. Well, I was... But I'm just beyond that. I, like, in my life, I know what I'm like. Yeah. Like, I can't, like... You know, the reason that Amy and I have gone on so well for so long through highs and lows is because... Like, there's no one else in the world that I can spend that much time with without going, okay, we can't spend any more time together. Like, yeah. Well, you've got also these separate lives. Like, Gemma spent four or five months away this year, and it was hard. But by the same token, like, you know, it's if she was going away on a job she hated or something, maybe it would be difficult because it's like not only compromising on the relationship side, but it's not even something she believes in. But... You know, she's doing what she loves. That's why she has to travel. She has to chase it. And it's actually okay. Like, oh, no, I agree of... with that. I mean, well, obviously, that's what I do. Mm. Like, So, you know, that's literally what I do, you yeah. know. Like, my pursuit is the most selfish of all. Like, you know, I really do do it at the expense of all my friends and relationships and family and all those sort of things. It's mm. all always around me and what I want to fucking do and what my time is and where I am, you mm. know. Um, so, I appreciate Like, you know, I get, I fucking get that. Like, yeah. it's... It's sometimes I think about that quite a lot when I'm away and, you know, doing my own thing where I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I'm like a terrible friend. <laughs> so happy so many people came to my party. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Cost a lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> um, hey, um, we, we can probably finish up in a minute. but Yeah, um, yeah. Should we, we tease? Or yeah, wait? no, we, I think we should talk about it. Okay. Um, so we're, uh, Not we, give away any of the... No, oh, no, no. Yeah. But I think that we can say this. Yes. Uh, this is episode 99. Notice 99. Uh, yeah, it not, we've got 99 toe fops. We're, we're about to face the next ball. Right, exactly. We've got 99 toe fops, but a hundredth ain't one. <laughs> but we may... Ad- That's the name of the show. <laughs> 99 toe fops, but a hundredth ain't one. So um, we thought, well, we're both in the same country uh, at the time where the hundredth is coming up. So... Should we do something special for the the hundredth? And the first thing we thought was, well, we did say in a previous episode that we'd like to hire a stenographer. Yeah. Now, so we were like, that might be hard to do. You know, it's hard to actually fucking find someone to do that sort of thing. So we thought, well, maybe we should just do a fucking live show instead, right? Yeah. And so I think we're going to try to do a live show in Sydney. Probably during my run at the Sydney Comedy Store, because um, I'm doing the What You Talking About Will shows, the improv shows there. One of those afternoons, maybe the Saturday or the Sunday. Yeah. So we asked them today. We don't know. Um, we've thought of a few things we could do for it, but we have no idea. Like, we literally have just had this idea. Yeah. But 
I, I kind of feel like uh, hopefully that is a thing that you guys would be interested in coming to. Um, it, we wouldn't promote it anywhere outside the podcast. Like, you know, literally just be for people who listen to the podcast. If yeah. you want to come along and, yeah. um, you know, see us do the live 100th and we might have a few fun things to do, then yeah. then I think we will... I, I think we can say that. Yes. Well, I mean, it's not locked in because yeah, we stuff. have to find a venue and a date and everything, but... but That's what we're thinking. That's what we're thinking. Yeah. Shoot us down in flames if you want. If you want to see us go out tantalizingly close to a ton. If you want to be that fucking Joel Garner steaming in, fucking just bouncing that head, we swing wildly, we right. go to the top edge, we get caught out and we have to walk back to the pavilion. If you want to be that Joel Garner... And don't go on the Facebook page. We only want teammates, teabagger teammates, cheering us onto the 100. That was a good speech. <laughs> that was good. That's exactly what this podcast is about. Hey, uh, we've got a new T-shirt out, I believe. Uh, oh, really? By the oh, time yeah. people hear this, uh, for thanks the Thanksgiving sale at a store merchandise. So go to a store or go to the Facebook page. I'm sure I will have linked it there if it's up already. But it's a I haven't seen it actually yet. But I'm sure it's a James Foss dog, so it'll be brilliant. And uh, that's up. Buy a t-shirt, and we will use that money to do something fun for our hundreds. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm on tour. Um, please come and see me. WillAnderson.com.au. Uh, by the time you hear this, I guess uh, I will be um, of the shows with Dave Anthony. Uh, the Steve Allen Theatre, we're both doing, uh, well, he's going to do stuff from his Melbourne show and I'll do stuff that people in LA have never seen before of some kind. Yeah. Um, the next time I'm at Nerd Melt with Maria Bamford, Jared Carmichael, then I'm in Philly, then I'm in Denver. This is the most impressive part of the show. This is the real <laughs> mega memory. Then, then sit down, I, Carla. Sit down, John. Sit down, James. Sit down, Anthony. Then I'm uh, doing my improv shows at the Sydney Comedy Store. Sometime in that week, hopefully, we'll do the TOEFOP 100th show. And, of course, January 19th at Sydney Opera House, the final night of Illuminati. Okay, that's it. All right. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Come <laughs> on.